are digital nomads. We work anywhere. We're not limited by location. We're not limited by self-belief. We are works in progress. I'm Beck Power, and this is the Nomad Me Podcast. Welcome to Nomad Me, Episode 7. We are getting the gold from Erica Blair, my favorite brand strategist and co-Thailand enthusiast. We're talking raising your rates, defining your ideal clients, and doing what you say you will do. Let's do this. Erica Blair. Erica? Hey. Hey. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I was like, I, I did warn her that this was going to happen. Uh, I just didn't know if I was respond to that or not. <laughs> <laughs> this is fun. I'm going to do this with everyone. Just mess them up from the very like first minute. I love yeah. it. Um, so like, I'm so excited to have you on here. I spoke to you like ages ago. We've met in person once. Um, but when I first met you, do you remember how we met? Yeah, it was Digital Nomads Around the World Facebook group. Yes, and uh, you interviewed me for a mindset thing. I was thinking about that this morning when I knew I was going to interview you because, like, that was literally a couple weeks after I started making money. <laughs> and so I was like, yeah, mindset. Uh, actually, can you talk about because that's how you got started, right? Well, but- I, I had been doing, I had been working as a freelance marketer and I'm just watching the digital nomad movement happen uh-huh. around me. And I was like, this is really interesting and we should document, I should document how this entire movement is evolving. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really liked interviewing you because you were really honest about the kind of struggles that you'd had and the stages that you were at. And it was really awesome to hear basically what what you were going through at that time and then to watch you over the last couple of years grow from there. It's been cool. Yeah. Yeah. It has been, uh, it's been a journey for sure. So how like, um, people who are listening to this probably maybe haven't heard of you. Do you want to do your own intro? Sure. Um, so I am a brand strategist. Basically I work with people who want to sell their advice. So they, uh, and that could be in coaching, consulting, speaking, um, training, etc. But essentially if you want to package and then figure out how to price and promote your advice as a standalone product, that's what I help people create. Um, And that comes from, as I mentioned, I I did do social media marketing. um, And I'm apparently under a giant jet path here in Chiang Mai right now. So apologies for the airplane noises that are coming. Uh, (laughs) Amazing. Yeah, there's there's like giant bombers overhead. Um, But yeah, so I started out as a social media marketer. I essentially just realized that all of the clients that I was working with, they would come to me and say, hey, market for me. Um, And I would say, okay, so who are you? What do you do? What do you want people to know about you? And the number of people who had businesses and were making some money but didn't have clear answers to those questions was really shocking to me. And so what I started to do was to focus on creating that brand strategy, creating that idea of looking inside and saying, who are you at your core and what do you want people to know about you? Um, And to what end? What do you want to create in terms of the kind of uh, 
package and pricing that you lead people toward so that they can work with you and so that they can benefit from the knowledge and the expertise that you have to offer. And so it was sort of a, a, a slow transition over the last few years, but now I'm really focusing only on that brand strategy aspect of really crystallizing who you are and what you want to communicate to the world into the most digestible form possible. That is super cool. Like how important is that? I know exactly what you mean about people not knowing, you know, exactly what they're up to. They're just kind of got a, an idea. I ask you about the goals all the time and they're like, yeah, I want to get better at sales or I want to um, get a bigger following. I'm like, okay, okay. But like, what's the actual tangible goal? And like, Oh, uh, they really struggle with it. So, uh, you know, what you're doing, I love it. You're doing some good work. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's not how you got, like, started, started, right? You said you it's kind of developed into that. Mm-hmm. After you did that mindset, uh, was it a summit? or It was... Uh, I, I originally was compiling interviews for a book and I still may be, mm-hmm. I just, uh, it's become a longer term project. So um, the, the actual results of that are still yet to be seen because I want to kind of track uh, the people that I interviewed over a couple of years and see how things shift over time. Um, mm-hmm. What happened for me, the way that I got my start in online business was actually first through offline business. And so I had been traveling the world, living in Asia as a teacher for many years. Um, I was an English teacher. I was a Montessori preschool teacher. And then I eventually found myself in Australia and I was bitten by the bug of just really wanting to start my own projects. And I ended up founding a company that I imported uh, handicrafts from Asia. So I would buy bags and jewelry in India and Thailand. I would bring them to Australia and sell them physically in person at festivals and markets. And so I really kind of got my crash course in business through directly selling to people in front of me every single day. Um, But what was interesting about that is that I had to build up a, a bit of an online component too, to be able to get into those markets and festivals and also to sell my products online. And so I dabbled during that business with my first ventures in doing any marketing online and understanding how to use social media for business. And so a few years down the road, when I ended up losing that business, because I split with my partner, I ended up back in America. Um, we, I, I was kind of auditing, okay, what does it mean? What did I like from that work that I was doing? And I realized that I had really enjoyed the online component, that I'd really enjoyed doing social media marketing, and that that was going to be the part of what I had done that would allow me to continue to travel the world as I worked. Um, And so that's how I got into my very first stint of freelance marketing, which is sort of the beginning of the cascade that brought me to doing the brand strategy that I do today to support myself. Super cool. Yeah. I think, um, a lot of people when they're thinking about getting into or thinking about becoming a digital nomad, it's not so much about making the decision and then starting as it, or, or it is, but like how we did it isn't how, um, we started out way differently than we've ended up so far, you know? So I guess, um, that just reminds me of people who want to start and immediately reach this, um, you know, this like level of success when you really have to go through what I imagine you went through a bunch of learning experiences and failures. Still am. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, And, you know, I think 
when people are, if you're talking about people who are starting as digital nomads, the number one thing that I want to make clear is that digital nomad is not a job title. You need to build a completely separate business to allow you to have the digital nomad lifestyle and what it is that you choose to run your business around and what your passions are and what your interests are and what is going to be able to make you money is the number one thing to focus on because the digital nomad side of it is the result of building a career Mm -hmm. and you need to build a career and a business regardless of whether or not you're a digital nomad. Mm -hmm. Um, But just digital nomad as a goal is almost obscuring the fact that ultimately what you're really doing is starting a business and that digital nomading is going to be part of the benefits that you get from having the freedom that running a business allows. Super cool. I, I feel like you've, uh, you, you're passionate about that topic. You've probably said that before and I don't know what you mean. Um, but let's go back to when you like those failures, cause I want to make this podcast as honest as I can, you know, I'm really honest about, um, my struggles and things like that. I want to know when, when was a time that you really doubted yourself and thought that this, this, what you were doing might not work? Um, probably every single time I've ever raised my prices or launched a new product, <laughs> which is basically every time. It, and so that's kind of the beauty of it is that even when uh, you get to a place that is something that if you had looked at it in the past, you'd be like, Oh my God, I can't believe that I'm here. Um, then still the fear comes back when you get to the next level. Mm. Um, and so For me, you know, my packages and prices have shifted dramatically over the last couple of years, especially as I figure out exactly what is the value that I'm providing to people. Um, And I have a clearer idea of what the results are that they can expect. And I also have shifted the clientele that I work with. Um, And so every single time I go out and pitch a new package or um, I offer a new offering, it's really scary um, because you don't know if people are going to say yes or no. And so the thing that I do is typically try to create the most nimble version of whatever it is that I'm going to create and then uh, invest as little as possible into it before I go out and sell it. Mm -hmm. So that if I'm going to actually go launch a product or if I'm going to create a new package, I want to do it with somebody who's already paid me to do it. Um, And so that's sort of the the way that I mitigate the risk and the fear in uh, creating new packages and, and trying new things is that rather than failing after having invested a ton of time and energy into a project, I'd rather uh, start pitching it, see if people buy it and only build it if I get validation. I freaking love that. That's exactly what I'm teaching in um, Quickfire Funnels right now. It's like we spend 10 days and you have to sell the product first. Like that's the job sell a product and then build it the next day. Mm-hmm. So, and like find out like, and I, my whole thing is like, okay, well, if no one wants it, great. We've wasted three hours of our lives. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. <laughs> and, and the beauty of the way that the internet works is that you can get such instant validation mm-hmm. um, 
of your ideas. And so, you know, I, I think a lot of people get caught up in thinking that they need to create everything perfectly before they go out and put it in front of people. Um, and I, I like to hear that you're teaching the opposite because I think that's really important um, for especially people who have never launched a product to consider. Mm. Because trust me, the product you launch is going to be way more difficult and have way more problems and take way more time than you think it is. And so rather than doing all of that before you figure out if people actually want it flip that script and do some testing before you invest all that time yeah I'm on this mission just to stop that whole I feel like it's a head in the sand problem you know it's like people don't want to know if their idea sucks Mm -hmm. they'd just rather not know they'd rather just work on it for six months and then have it like slowly fade away without anyone knowing about their like so-called public failure but it's not a failure like it's it's nothing so just get it over within two days and (laughs) then you know. Exactly. And, and I think it's for a lot of people, it feels safe to stay in the mode of I'm building, I'm creating, I'm thinking of something, mm. not realizing that ultimately it's the, the plans of what you're going to do don't impress anybody. Um, it's what's available <laughs> and what you're actually asking for money for uh-huh. uh, is equals quote unquote success. both in in the eyes of others and most importantly probably in your own eyes because if you don't if you're not actually getting anything in return for the energy and effort that you're investing then it becomes really unsustainable for you to keep going down that path I love it you know I heard this quote you are what you do not what you say you'll do yep Mm -hmm. um another way I've heard that put is you can't build a reputation on what you're going to do yeah you know it took me like (laughs) It literally the years that I, from when I left New Zealand until um, I started Nomad Fly with like 40 cents in my bank account, like it, it took me that long, it was probably like two or three years until I learned that. I went around, I lost relationships. I was like, why does this keep happening? But it was just because I literally was talking about what I was going to do and then I never did it. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, yeah. And look at you now. <laughs> Still having issues every day. <laughs> Um, let's, let's actually go back and talk about raising prices. I want to, this is, um, just kind of came to me as something I want to talk to you about. If I had to talk to anyone, I'd probably talk to you about raising prices. I don't, um, have a lot of experience with that myself. And I know that you are always talking about it. You want to cover that? Yeah. So before I start into this conversation, I have to call attention to the fact that there's a lot of different business models out there. And so what I'm referring to is the type of business model that I use and that most of my clients use, which is basically selling high ticket packages of consulting um, and coaching and basically advice. And so there's going to be differences in how you need to price things if you're going for a really mass market product um, versus what I do is what I consider to be the art of sales. So essentially selling one package to one person at a high ticket, it takes takes it a very different approach than what I consider the science of sales, which is like optimizing your funnels for mass conversion. Um, and so you, first of all, the very first step is to understand what market you're in uh, and what's kind of the, the baseline of how you need to operate in terms of just running your business in general. Um, if you are in 
the the consulting or the advice giving or basically any of these high ticket kind of like work with me service packages. Um, Then I think it's really, really important to understand that no matter what you charge, people are going to take into account your pricing as part of how they perceive you're the value of the work that you're doing. Um, and this extends too to if you're selling anything uh, kind of lower priced as well, because of course your pricing determines your positioning relative to other options in the market. But one thing that a lot of people doubt that's super important to remember is that ultimately the value that people get from the work you do correlates with the price that you charge. And mm-hmm. so especially if you're offering advice in terms of how to um, do something better, how to improve their lives, their businesses, their situations, people won't even get as good of a result if you don't have, if, if you price low, right? So the amount that people are going to put in and actually take your advice and actually act on it is related to the price that they pay for it. So you can actually do more good with your clients by having a higher price because they're more invested in it in in actually enacting the advice that you give them. Um, They're they're more committed to getting results themselves when they've invested highly in whatever it is that you're doing with them. Um, Additionally, the pricing of your services – basically exactly correlates as well to how people perceive um, you and your status amongst your competitors. And so if you want to be seen as being really, really good at what you do, especially if you know that you're really, really good at what you do, which is the level that my people are at, um, I typically work with clients who have been at it for at whatever they're doing for years and they're really rock solid confident that they deliver results. So when you're finding yourself in that position, you need to communicate that with your pricing because if you know that you provide amazing results, but then you price toward the bottom of the market, people are going to doubt that you actually do provide those results. Mm -hmm. Um, And so part of you being able to be perceived as somebody that can actually really contribute value is uh, part is, is in related to your pricing. And so you have to consider that in context of your entire brand, which is why pricing, I consider it to be such a huge part of brand strategy, even though a lot of people ask me like, Hey, I thought branding was like logos and identity. And I'm like, no, you've got to think about your packaging and pricing too, because that all contributes to the image that other people have of your work. Amazing. <laughs> I'm like, man, I need to put my prices up. <laughs> I'm literally just going to go check out, uh, check those out after this. Um, I got a couple of uh, questions. It's, we're calling this the quick fire round. Are you ready? Yep. Are you ready? Just say <laughs> the first thing that comes into your head. Okay. All right. Let's do this. And then after that, I'm just going to um, do the whole where can we find you online thing. Cool. Sure. Yep. Sounds good. All right. <clears throat> what do you aspire to be? Like, what do you think is possible for yourself? I aspire to be the leader of a movement that allows people to really step into um, their identity as exactly who they already are and get paid a lot of money for their advice being exactly who they are. Wicked. Uh, What passion projects are you working on? Ooh. Um, Ooh. 
I, I've got, a, I got a lot of things. <laughs> so I'm sorting through. Um, <laughs> you just, you could just choose your, your favorite or one. Yeah. Anyone. I think speaking is my passion project at the moment. Mm. Um, because I really think that the more people I get to hear the message of like, Hey, you know what you can take, you can be taken seriously for your advice. You exactly how you are right now. Um, that's basically the mechanism I have to really touch as many people as I possibly can with that message. Mm-hmm. What part of this nomadic journey has been your favorite so far? Uh, I would say the community. I have an incredible community here in Chiang Mai um, and just being around rock stars all day long and other people who are really deep into the entrepreneurial online business world. um, That's been for me the the best part of the entire thing. What is your favorite country slash city to nomad in and why? I mean, it should be obvious because I'm here right now in <laughs> Thailand. Um, and, and, you know, I've been on the road basically for about 10 years. Um, and so I've gotten this question a lot over the years. And I've been had Chiang Mai as my stock response for um, like <laughs> at, least, at least five to seven years just before I was ever doing anything with online business or nomading back when I thought I had to move places to live there. Um, yeah. <laughs> but but uh, definitely Chiang Mai for the balance of city and nature which I absolutely adore and also the incredible community hmm what's your um what's your favorite restaurant in Chiang Mai uh <laughs> I really I really eat Thai food at local joints so like that I don't even know the names <laughs> <laughs> so Amazing. I would say like just local Thai restaurants in my neighborhood yes um where do you usually work from home always I don't like working around other people. They distract me. <laughs> Fair enough. What, uh, what is your, you gave us one earlier, but what is your biggest uh, piece of advice that you have for people who are wondering if this kind of life is possible for them? Uh, I would say that, you know, a lot of times we glorify through social media, people who are always traveling and always moving. Mm -hmm. Uh, And for me, what's been really important to realize is that actually doing all of that movement is not necessarily helpful to me and my business, and that I have to strike a balance. Like, it's not like I want to um, stop traveling, but having sort of a happy medium between being on the road all the time and also having bases, um, taking time to settle and ground in different parts of the world has been really crucial for me. Um, and so I, I try to look for a balance in that. Wicked. Um, okay. Well, where can, I know you got, you gave me a a specific landing page. Uh, where can people find you online and what is there? So if you go to erica.live slash nomad me, so that's Erica with a C dot live slash nomad me. I have a uh, link to my 10 day free email course, which is called 10 steps to build a killer brand. Um, and so that's an opportunity for you to basically work through the first 10 things that I do with my clients. And if you're interested in, especially in the, that kind of pricing, packaging, positioning aspect that I was chatting about earlier, that's all in there. Um, so that's Erica dot live slash nomad me. And if you want to find me on social media, my handle is Erica blair live across all social wow you got the same one everywhere um essentially yep (laughs) oh yes mine's like a little bit different it's so annoying i did Um, that specifically for podcasts (laughs) and i recommend that in branding is that if you the the more the easier it is for you to speak your social handles 
mm-hmm. and for people to understand them, the better that it's going to be. And that's why I always avoid anything with like underscores or dashes or anything like that because it mm-hmm. just gets so complicated. Yes, good plan. I probably need to <laughs> take out the dot. It's like so stupid. Sometimes I have a dot, sometimes I don't. Even I don't know where it is. So <laughs> that's annoying. <laughs> um, okay, so all that stuff is going to be in the show notes, uh, which is at digitalnomad.me. Um, if you listen to this, you can uh, post on Erica's any of those social media sites. They've all got the same um, domains. And, or you can write on uh, Nomad Me Facebook page as well, which is facebook.com forward slash digitalnomadme. All one word. Yes, thanks for joining us, Erica. It has been amazing. And I'm going to uh, have a little chat with you after this as well. I've got some more questions for you, but we need to end our time here. Thanks, Beck. Yeah, good to have you. Thanks for tuning in today. If you love Nomad Me, make sure to leave your good review on iTunes. Every week, I select a reviewer to win a lifetime Nomad Fly membership for free. All the show notes can be found at digitalnomad.me. See you tomorrow.